0: All right. Well, welcome to our Tuesday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Hope that you had a great weekend. Um, we've now finished the book of Joshua. Uh, we're transitioning now into the book of Judges. So today we will go through Judges chapters 1 through 5. Um, and so I encourage you, if you, if you haven't, go ahead and, and read chapters 1 through 5 uh judges is is very it's a very interesting book it's really entertaining um there's there's not near just the list of names here these are some really uh, amazing stories um that give you a glimpse into kind of the crazy culture that's going on there um just just say that let's just be glad we've We've moved past kind of the tribalism that is is there to to at least a certain extent. Um, There's some just amazing stories uh, that we're going to see. Uh, The first few chapters, um, really chapters one through three, um, uh, or the first part of chapters one through three, are basically a... Uh, an introduction that repeats some of the things that you find at the end of the book of Joshua. So you may kind of scratch your head when you get to chapter 2, verse 7, and it says the death of Joshua. You're like, wait, I thought we just talked about that at the end of uh, Joshua. Um, well, he, he did die, but this is kind of a, an introduction and a transition. So, uh, going from Joshua. So they're kind of restating it. Uh, kind of think of it as the, the recap that you always skip on Netflix, right? That you, because you're binging, you're like, I just watched that. So I don't need to watch the recap. Um, but that's what it's doing. It's basically a recap, uh, of what, uh, has happened in, in Joshua. So, uh chapter 1 uh you know kind of is is finishing up the the conquest of Can- Canaan. It does uh, introduce a uh, <laughs> they they uh, took a king Adonai Bezek um and and uh, this guy had cut off the thumbs and big toes um and of 70 kings and used them as scraps under his table and he says as i have done so god has repaid me <laughs> then they brought him to jerusalem and he died uh, that's an interesting interesting way of going about things to uh, cut off the thumbs and the big toes of the kings that you have defeated so that was that was the king he had defeated 70 other kings but now uh, he has been uh, defeated um, and it goes on. It talks a little bit about Caleb. We see Caleb again. Remember, uh, we talked about how Caleb was given Hebron. Uh, we see we see him uh, here as well. Um, the the there's in chapter 27 of verse one of chapter one. Uh, just reiterates again that this was an incomplete conquest of the land says, however, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of beth and its villages. Uh, the and other uh, inhabitants and its villages for the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land, and it came to pass when Israel was strong, they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. Nor did Ephraim drive, drive them out, nor did Zebulon, nor did Asher. Uh, nor did Neftali. Uh, so all of these, uh, so many of these tribes, did not do what God had commanded them to do. They were content uh, to to live with the people there, and unfortunately, that's going to to lead to uh, some some very very tough years ahead. Chapter two kind of gives a voice to that Israel's uh, disobedience. It says, uh, I will never uh, you you swore to your fathers and said I will never break my covenant with you and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore I also said I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side and their god shall be a snare to you. So it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to the children of Israel and the people lifted up their voices and they wept um that Joshua was telling them that that, that was going to was going to happen and they were you know saying no of course we won't do that Uh, Chapter, uh, we have the death of Joshua, just uh, recapped uh, there. And then verse 11 uh, of chapter 2 speaks to the unfaithfulness. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. So they actually start that. That's the the problem here is they start to worship other gods. It doesn't mean that they completely turn their back on God. It was just like, okay, he's he's one that did a lot of good for us to get us to this place, but now, eh, these other guys kind of look 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 more fun. Maybe they look more entertaining. Uh, maybe maybe they'll give me the answer that I want right, and and it it is so so important to make sure we apply this to to our human tendency today. This is not just a problem of the people of Israel. This is a problem for Christians, for uh, uh, all around the world, that we we will say that we believe in God and that we will commit to Him. But then kind of the world's way of doing things starts to look attractive. And, and if we're careful, we, we start to follow that instead of God. And we are in a tough place. That's why God wanted the people of Israel to get out all of those influences. Right? But that's, that's not reality. That's not how life works. There's no way you're going to be able to get rid of all of ungodly influences in your life. It's just impossible. Right. There's times that I I think, you know, it would be nice just to be able to raise my children in a bubble, right? That they that they wouldn't know any of the problems, any of the evil that is out there. But guess what? If you do that, you can't keep them in that bubble until they're 90. Right? Eventually they get out of the bubble, and you have to learn how to live in this world that is trying to pull us away uh, from the principles of God. Um, And and there is a tendency, our human tendency, is to start kind of moving that direction. And that's why we have to, as Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve. Well, that's, that's a choice that we make every day. Who are you going to serve today? Uh, the, the people of Israel many times uh, continue to, to choose to follow other gods and not the one true God. But it says in verse 16, it says, Nevertheless, even though they worshiped these other gods, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. Whew, played the harlot to other gods. That's pretty pretty strong uh, uh, language. Uh, they turned quickly from the way and went uh, the, fa- the way their fathers walked, and obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them uh, out of the hands of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groanings because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they would revert back and behave more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them, to bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. So they just kept trying to do it their way. Then things would get really bad, and for a moment they would go back to God and say, God, help us. And then as soon as God helped them, they would try to do it their own way again. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So many of us just live in insanity, (laughs) right? Things go bad in our life. Uh, We get ourselves into trouble. And we cry out to God, and He intervenes, and we're faithful to Him for a while, and then things get fixed. And what do we do? We try to start doing it on our own again. And it is this is a uh, these are examples of human nature. Uh, It it happened. It's a historical events that are happening to the people of Israel, but the the spiritual principle is one that goes a lot deeper that that impacts us uh, today. Uh, Chapter three, um, uh, or right there at the end of chapter two, this one was, uh, God says, I will uh, also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord, to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Therefore, the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did he deliver them into the hands of Joshua, right? So God is going to because they they wouldn't push the people out the way they should. Those were used as tests. That uh, that that there are those things in our life that are going to tempt us uh, to turn our back on God and to follow uh, other beliefs. Um, and it is vital again that we choose each and every day who we are going to serve. So. Chapter three kind of begins the transition. And so what we're going to see, uh, throughout the book of Judges is we're transitioning from, uh, it was kind of this, uh, gr- a nomadic group that entered into this land, uh, and then now has spread out kind of to s- different city states, if you will. And, uh, and there is no central government. Um, they, they, uh, they have the law that, uh, Moses gave them that shows them how to handle conflict and, and how to organize and things like that, uh, but they are, they are united under their common belief in God, um, and that is what unites them. And as they f- pull away from that, um, they, they get overtaken by enemies because they become weak and they become vulnerable. And then when that happens, they cry out and God begins sending judges. Notice he is not sending kings. But what we're going to see throughout the movement in judges is this move towards a king. And in fact, you see some of the judges acting like kings, even though God did not call them to be that. So chapter 3, the first judge that is mentioned is Othniel right it says so the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord they forgot the Lord their god and they served Baal and Asherah therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hand of uh, of Cushan king of Mesopotamia right then they cried out to to the Lord to deliver them and and God chose Othniel the son of Kenez Caleb's younger brother interesting so there's connection to Caleb Uh, So his brother was the first judge of Israel. He went out to war and the Lord delivered uh, the uh, cushioned king of Mesopotamia into his hands. So the land had rest for 40 years. Again, the time thing in this is, it's a little different because sometimes 40 years is kind of, that was a generation. Um, It may not have been exactly 40 years. It may have been representing a complete amount of time. D- don't get bogged down in, in all of that. Um, the next judge is Ehud. Uh, Ehud is probably one of my favorite judges. Um, he uh, comes about whenever uh, Eglon, the king of Moab, has come against Israel and has taken uh, Israel, um, and they were, they were under the rule of the king of Moab for 18 years. Um, and then the the Lord decided, okay, I, I will will answer their request and send Ehud um, to to handle it. Um, so Ehud uh, goes and is going to meet with Eglon, the king. Um, I love how in verse seventeen he he brings a double edged sword and he puts it kind of on the inside of his right leg, um, and uh, it says, now Eglon was a very fat man. <laughs> I love, I love how scripture says that, which is actually saying a lot because someone who was fat in that day and age, basically that was the height of laziness and opulence um, and basically that you didn't, you didn't do anything, right? Because I mean, if, if you wanted to exist back in that time, you had to work, it was active, you had to walk, all of those things that we don't have to do now, right? Well, you did back then. And so if you were fat, that meant that you were about as selfish uh, as, as it came. And that's who this king was, this Eglon, who has now ruled over some of the uh, uh, area in Israel for 18 years. So uh, Ehud says, uh, after the meeting uh, is over, he says, I have a secret message for you. It's a message from God. Well, Eglon he he likes that. He thinks, "Oh, this will this will be good." I'm sure uh, he had quite an ego. So, it, uh, so Ehud came to him. Now he was sitting on upstairs in his cool private chamber. Right, just the the imagery of this shows uh, who Eglon is. And uh, Ehud reached his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh. Thrust it into Eglon's belly; even the hilt went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade. For he did not draw the dagger out of his bellies. Um, and I mean, just I mean, wow! You know what a what a vivid story. Um, and then the, it, it continues, and I, I love this verse twenty-four. When he had gone out, Eglon's servants came to him, and to their surprise, the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said, he's probably attending to his needs in the cool chamber. Uh, in other words, he's going to the restroom. He's a fat guy. He eats a lot. He needs to be in the restroom Along, He's uh, reading the paper, doing a crossword puzzle. Right? And they say, so they waited till they were embarrassed. <laughs> that awkward time is like, there's um, something wrong. And then you're like drawing straws. Who's going to go check on him? And uh, they did, of course he's dead, Uh, and Ehud by this time has, uh, this was all part of the plan, he's mobilized the army and they uh, defeat the Moabites. Then you have uh, Shamgar, Uh, we don't know much about Shamgar, but he killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, uh, and he delivered Israel. Uh, Then we get to a very interesting judge, in my opinion, Deborah. Uh, It says, when Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, So the Lord sold them to the hand of uh, Jabin, king of Canaan. Uh, And his commander was Sisera. So, And then verse 4 says, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging in Israel at this time. This is very interesting that Deborah was a judge um, and a prophetess, that God was using her. Um, God would normally use, uh, a man to be a judge. That was the normal thing in that culture. Uh, but when there was no man to do the job, he's going to get the best person. Right? So he gets Deborah and Deborah is judging for God. Um, and they come and, and say, it's time for us. Uh, please deliver us, uh, uh, you know, get, get the army together. Well, uh, They uh, bring in a guy, um, and he, uh, Barak, says to uh, Deborah, says, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she says to him, I will go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in this journey you are taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. I thought that was uh, very interesting. Uh, so Deborah's saying, "Okay, you're, there's not going to be any glory in it for you," but she says, "A hand of a, a woman, maybe not her." So they go to battle. Uh, this Sisera again is the commander of uh, uh, of, of the um, the Canaanites, and he uh, the battle is is over. Uh, Barak uh, defeats the uh, army, and Sisera flees. And he comes to uh, a tent um, that has a woman named Jael, uh, who is the wife of Haber. Haber is not there. Uh, Sisera thinks that, hey, she's going to be friendly to me. In verse 21, it says, then Jael, Haber's wife, <laughs> she, she gave him uh, stuff to drink. He, Sisera, the commander of the Canaanite army, falls asleep. Because he's very tired, Jael uh, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple, and it went down to the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. Ah, I'm glad they clarified that. You know, <laughs> let's, let's make sure we know. So who is it that basically destroys the commander? It's the woman Jael. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, chapter five goes into the song of Deborah and Barack, by the way, it doesn't seem that Barack has any problem with giving credit, uh, to, to a woman. Um, he doesn't. Uh, there, there doesn't seem to be any, any issue that he has with that. Uh, chapter 5 just goes through uh, kind of their, their song of, of celebrating uh, these events. And verse 24 says, Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she is among women in tents. He asked for water, she gave milk. <laughs> and then uh, her right hand to the workman's hammer, she pounded Sisera, she pierced his head, uh, she split and struck through his temple. Uh, at at her feet he sank, he fell, he lay still. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, he fell dead. Again, it, it just interesting. These are fascinating stories. If you think the Bible is dull and boring, you, you, you haven't read all of it, right? You, you you got bogged down in the list of names of cities. Keep going. Get Get through that. And uh, so at the end of that time, the land had rest for 40 years. Again, probably talking about a complete amount of time, a generation of time. Um, and then uh, chapter six, we're going to get into the Midianites and Gideon. So we're going to go six through probably 11 um, on Thursday. So hope to see you then. And uh, if you have time, read Judges 6 through 11.